Teachers are leaders. And we're here to emphasize the good in education, one practice, method, idea, or trend at a time. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Teachers Are Leaders podcast brought to you by the Warren Instructional Network, and I'm your host, Andrea Coachman. All righty, we are back for another episode, and I am very excited to be joined today by Lori Oskus. Lori, thank you for being with us today. You're welcome. I love it. Okay, before we jump in, I do want to give our listening friends, a little bit of info on your background in case they do not know, because I have found there are so many fun things about you that I think have really, you know, pushed you to where you are, which is awesome. So currently, I mean, you are serving, you are a literacy coach, you are an author, you are an extremely popular speaker who gets to travel, travel around face-to-face, but also have spoken to many people virtually, especially, you know, post-COVID. Um, talking about all of the things, but your books, your, you know, research that you've done. Um, but before that your experience in a classroom, which this one, I especially love, you were a bilingual elementary teacher, an intervention specialist. You've been a staff developer and a literacy coach. So serving all kinds of students in all different roles and teachers as well. That is awesome. I love it. (laughs) Thank you. In addition to that, your book, Reciprocal Teaching at Work Strategies for Improving Reading, is phenomenal. Okay, so before we before we jump in, you got you guys listening know I love to talk about favorite memories just because I think that we all get into education for one reason or another. So, Lori, before we jump into our meet, tell us a, a favorite memory or something that sticks out, something that just you know, comes to mind when you think, you know, why you do what you do. Thank you, Andrea, for having me on your podcast show. This is so much fun. A favorite memory. Oh, there are so many. I would say if I'm going to connect the memory to what we're doing, what we're talking about today, which will be reading comprehension and the science of reading comprehension, I would say that in my work over the years with teachers and students and specifically reciprocal teaching, a a discussion strategy. When I visit buildings and have the opportunity to teach demonstrations and so forth, that teachers and children will tell me such wonderful stories. And one that comes to mind is a little girl who came up to me and and the teacher kept telling me, you've got to meet this little girl, um, Maria. She really was impacted by this method and the reciprocal teaching brought her up to grade level and now she's in fifth grade and, and reading so much better. She moved the, the two years in one year and she's reading chapter yeah. books and she, she wanted to meet you because we told her you were coming and that you're the person that came up with the method we're using. So I taught a demonstration in this child's classroom and then she came out in the hallway with me and they, the teacher introduced me to this child. And she was so sweet. She looked at me and she said, Mrs. O, thank you for teaching me to read. She said, this this reciprocal teaching, the Fab Four, I call it. She said, the Fab Four really helped me. I couldn't read very well and I was really embarrassed. And at the beginning of the year, I just, I was feeling terrible about my reading. And now I'm reading Harry Potter. And she showed me her bookmark in her book. And it just took my breath away. (laughs) You know, it's that, that one child, but you know, we're in, 
all of us impact many children over our careers, but there are certain little stories that will stand out. The other thing that stands out is just the first time that I used reciprocal teaching in a building as an intervention and the students in fourth grade and fifth grade were reading in November at second grade level. And then oh, wow. we tested them again in February. So, and there's holidays in from right mm -hmm. February to, I mean, you know, back to November, you know. Yeah. But that was the first time that I saw the yield of two years growth in just a few months. Wow. And it got my attention. And that really kind of jump started what I've done with my career. I, I did that in consulting in a school as the after school intervention. And from there on out, I have used reciprocal teaching every which way you possibly can, whole group, small group, whatever. And we get incredible results. Those first ones that I worked with, the intermediate students that grew so very much. Um, I also had a, a, a school where the, kin the first graders were in an intervention in the summer and they read only nonfiction. So they read informational text, high interest, second language learners in a summer intervention. And they also grew dramatically. The principal was so happy with the way that went. So all these stories and reports of success just mm -hmm. fuel the work. Yeah, absolutely. Like and, you know, when you can attach a child's name to it and you go and I go and I meet people and I actually work in their school side by side. It's wonderful. And then other people contact me and tell me stories where they've used it on their own and, and maybe read my book. And then they tell me stories about what they've done with it and how the children have succeeded. It's just, it's everything. I love the stories because I feel like, you know, you were able to do something in, you know, in a classroom with a group of students, but then expand it and impact so many more. That's exactly what I did. That's exactly yes. what I did. And, and that I, yeah. is powerful, I think. <laughs> so we, and you know, I mean, we, we have talked about this before and it is in the minds and the faces of everybody, but the science of teaching reading is very present. And so <laughs> with, there's been a lot of, a lot of conversations about phonics, but one of the big things, the biggest thing that uh, I think was so important to chat with you about was the comprehension side. What about the science of reading comprehension? And I know that, you know, the work that you do is rooted around comprehension. And so I would love to hear from you specifically to like, where does comprehension fit? Well, the if you think about it, comprehension is reading. If you are reading and you are not comprehending, you're sounding things out, you're plodding along, but you're not actually reading. So really comprehension is that big umbrella that mm -hmm. everything falls under. And then, you know, the phonics and, and all that we do with phonemic awareness is so critical to unlocking comprehension. So they really do work hand in hand. And I think what's gonna happen next is people are gonna turn their attention they're working on a structured literacy approach as opposed mm -hmm. to just balanced, but really being more strategic about what they're doing. And, and the question is coming up, okay, what about comprehension? What, what are we gonna do about that? Mm -hmm. And there's lots of good news about comprehension. It's really not 
very controversial in terms of what you do. Uh, the science of reading comprehension is basically that we know that when we teach the good reader strategies like predict and question and clarify and summarize, and then there are others as well, like inferring and making connections and also synthesis. When we teach those along the way, and when we pull them through a gradual release model so that we're for sure modeling and students are practicing and then they take it to their to their reading so that when they're reading they are able to do all of those things so it's what readers naturally do so we know that when we teach those explicitly that students do well and it doesn't matter whether they are good readers or or striving readers the striving readers definitely need that. But when we do the same thing with good readers, they also excel. And this research has been around a long time. David Pearson, uh, who is um, a professor emeritus at Berkeley, he ran there, he ran the Center for Reading for many years as well. He wrote the foreword to my second edition of Reciprocal Teaching at Work, and he has long been the crusader for this and, and really spearheaded lots of research on the topic of comprehension and, and exactly what I just said. There's a body of work, body, there's a group of strategies that if we run them through gradual release, the students are going to do well. There's an article that I'd like to refer to that uh, your audience can look up. It's called The Science of, of Reading Comprehension Instruction. The Science of Reading Comprehension Instruction by Nell Duke, who is one of our lead professor. She's very yes. decorated, you know, Harvard this and Harvard that. Uh, Alyssa Ward and also David Pearson, who I just mentioned. So the three of them wrote an article for the reading teacher in 2001, and they talk all about the reading comprehension science behind it. Mm -hmm. And they're talking about the role of background knowledge, how important that is, mm -hmm. and how we can build background knowledge. And it's great that we read so much informational text these days. And they talk about really how fluency fits in, mm -hmm. how vocabulary fits in. But what I love about it, you know, I'm going to say this, is that they refer to, guess what, reciprocal teaching. Yes. As one of the science of reading methods because it, it's high yield, low prep, and it does such a good job. What I like about reciprocal teaching is that it's basically, if you look at gradual release, it's really mm -hmm. building up building kids reading muscles in that middle piece that guided piece you know how much you step back you model and then you let them try it with their teams and partners and then you go back and you help so it's kind of going back and forth a give and take that's why it's called reciprocal my turn your turn Love and it's that. very interactive and a very in the moment teaching so i was thrilled when they came up with the science of reading comprehension instruction article and there are also many other sightings out now with uh, that, that referred to this same research that you will find in this article. So it's really great. Yes, well, and I totally will link that article in the notes. So that'll be perfect, easy access. Everybody can check it out. You know, and you mentioned, obviously, reciprocal teaching is mentioned. And I love what you said, you know, high yield, low prep, and that my turn, you turn, because that was definitely going to be my... Um, Question, I'm sure the majority of people listening are aware of what reciprocal teaching is, but I mean, it's very clear that your book, Reciprocal Teaching at Work, <laughs> that, you know, those strategies clearly fit with this research and from that article, The Science of Reading Comprehension. But 
Can you, will you dig in a little bit more? I'd like to give you my definition. And that is that reciprocal teaching is a scaffolded discussion technique that involves four good reader strategies that readers use every time they read. And they are predict, which is of course, looking through the, how's the text organized? Mm -hmm. What does the author want me to know? What do I want to know? And what do I think I'm going to learn or what do I think is going to happen? Mm -hmm. Question. When readers are reading, they're wondering things. I wonder this and I wonder that. And they're sure. wondering about the topic. And they're also asking questions that could be on it. You're supposed to read and think about, hmm, what's somebody going to ask me on a test? Right. So you should read a paragraph or two or read a chapter, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, and anticipate what you're supposed to know about it and be able to anticipate what those questions will be. So predict question, clarify clarify vocabulary words and people mix up question and clarify all the time and they are yeah. two distinct separate steps so what we like to do is when we clarify we say I didn't get the blank so I blank I didn't get the word so I looked inside the word Love and I the syllables and I looked at the beginning sound I sounded it out and then I went outside the word to look at context. So we always go inside the fir word first. So it's mm. clarifying words, but it's also clarifying bigger than a bread box, right? Bigger than a word, like a sentence. I didn't get this sentence. Right. So I looked, read it again, made a picture in my head, reread, or I didn't get this page. I didn't get this paragraph. So the way that I keep clarifying words and vocabulary and parts separate from is that we always keep them as separate steps and we never say what does the word blank mean we say mm. i didn't get the word or i wasn't sure about the word that mm. way then questioning can be very distinct and separate and won't become a mushy mess and then the students benefit from having a way to figure out vocabulary so mm -hmm. predict question clarify and summarize and we all know what summarizing is but what i love about reciprocal teaching and summarizing andrea is that we do it constantly in little bits yes. so you read a paragraph and you turn to your partner and you say, so far, here's what I've learned. Right. And that's one of the tricks I use. I call it a so far summary. Or we read and we read a whole page or a whole chapter and talk about it, but we, we do it frequently and verbally. Mm -hmm. So it's a discussion technique that involves predict, question, clarify, summarize that you can use in any order. You don't have to do these in order. You can start with summarizing and end with predicting you can mm -hmm. you can go in a circle we often depict mm -hmm. them in a circle and they are four of the most important strategies that readers use it was developed by ann brown and ann pellingscar in the 80s at the same time that dr david pearson was developing his longer list out of the center for reading of strategies that good readers use but what they wanted to do was come up with a really salient targeted kind of reading vitamin and they tried it with middle schoolers and within just 15 days, they saw middle schoolers go from failing the test they were giving to scoring proficiently and above. Oh, and we wow. see this time and time again. And Dr. John Hattie's work, you know, Hattie, mm -hmm. wrote the forward to my book, which was one of the best days of my life, I have to say. Yes. <laughs> uh, you know, he read it and, and he was thrilled that someone had done this work. And, and he backs it. So that's great to know that we have that backing with what, what I do and what my schools do with reciprocal teaching. But he found, found in his meta-analysis that 0.74 or two years growth in one year is possible. And remember, I told you the first time I did it and I was before I even knew who Hattie was, yeah. those are the results we were getting. 
And so I had, when I encountered Hattie's research, I had already done it for a number of years. Yeah. And so I, it just validated for what, sure. what I know. And, and the interesting thing is, Andrea, people don't have to, to like do a whole bunch to get this result. Like I had seventh graders that just did passages from Newzella. Mm-hmm. and also a close reading series that I wrote with Dr. Tim Rosinski. But they basically did passages one day, one, one week and poetry the next. And they did, you know, one passage. It took them like, you know, a couple of hits on that to do together in teams. Wow. And we made that kind of growth from, from March until June. We saw kids grow the 0.74 and above. I had some of them were reading at fourth grade level. By the end, they were at seventh or higher. So over and over again in all these different settings, little kids, big kids, we get the results by taking these four strategies and working them. But Andrea, the hardest part, you want to know what that is? Well, obviously. The hardest part is you have to do all four in one lesson. Oh, so it's not like you work on predicting one day and questioning the next day and then clarifying and summary. Okay. We have to do all four at the same, hence the fab four. Right. And so what I recommend uh, is that you do it twice a week. Okay. It's really the, the power in it. each, what well, I call it the fab four, my nickname for the reciprocal teaching is fab four and all, my schools all over the world. I went to London, they went the fab four, you know, yes. <laughs> I can't do it, but anyway, uh, it's a great name for it. But what it means is that when we whip out the fab four, the kids know we have to do all four. Okay. Twice a week. And you three times a week is better, but twice is really right. You'll get results. So maybe you do it. You're in the middle of your, you know, let's say your district has a basal reading series. A lot of people, Mm -hmm. we still call them basals, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. And we're in the middle of a big, long story. We might choose a a section of pages to do it with for one day. And the rest of the days, we're just going to read it. Right. Uh, or we might choose a poem a week to do it with or an article okay. to do it with, but we need two hits. We need to do it twice a week in order to get results. All the results I'm sharing come from that. And what it means is that we're going to have the, the strategies displayed on a wall and we're going to say, okay, let's predict. What do we think this article about sharks is about? It's called yeah. shark sex and oh. kids are really, it's about sharks. And you're like, no, I think you got to look <laughs> at the title, the whole title, right? They give you these terrible predictions. Very right. <laughs> And so they, and they say well, the question mark sharks, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so let's dig deeper. And then, and did we finish predict check? Which one do we have left? Oh, let's, should we do clarify next? Okay. While you're reading circle three tricky words mm. and so they share that with their partner, they picked three tricky words. Then we question, then we summarize. So we, we, I like to have it up and say, did we do this? Did we do, we name them and check them off. Yeah. And you can do it at a rapid pace. And I think what teachers worry about is they feel like they're not covering each one. Well, the idea isn't to cover, it's to run through them. Yes. Because you're going to run through them next time you do it too. And For maybe sure. next time you'll do a better job with questioning. Today you focused on clarifying, you're doing all for them. I went to a school in Los Angeles once where they had read my book and in January, in they said, Lori, in September, we did sit, we did predict. And then in October, we did question. And then in November, and, you know, we took four months to cover all the strategies. Now we're ready for you to help us put them together. And I said, oh no, you guys <laughs> just missed four months. Yeah. Bring it back. Bring it back. Yeah. So basically you jump in 
Yes. And you do both. I have, and I have, we can link some of the little, um, videos that I have online. Sure. Yes. YouTube videos where I show people how to do it with a, an article. And I have another one where I show how to do it with a poem. So you can watch that and see. Oh, that is, yes, that is awesome. I'll definitely, well, it share your, so we'll share the article, share your website, and then definitely any of those videos. That would be, I feel like I always talk about the, like the abstract versus the concrete. So being able to, oh, I think would be phenomenal. There's seven minutes each. And I did them during the pandemic for parents Mm -hmm. and teachers. um, One of them has had uh, 52,000 hits. Whoa. Well, we'll add to that. I love it. That would be awesome. Oh, cool. Well, that's, <laughs> I definitely was originally like thinking through the, okay, so you teach one, you teach the next, you teach the next. So I love the jump in two feet, all four, and the idea of you're running through them. But it's, it made me think you mentioned earlier, like a circle, you can do them in any order, but it, it's kind of the same thing. Like we're going to touch on this two times a week. So we're going to get practice after practice after practice. And I think that's huge. Obviously, that's how you get that growth, that continued practice over and over. Well, and people always say to me, how do I get started? Mm -hmm. How how do I just get me started? I don't, I don't really know. Um, And the other thing that people always tell me, Andrea, is that they, they've seen somewhere online, kids sitting in a team one person's the predictor, the questioner, the oh, questioner. Mm-hmm. you know, it's a very organized cooperative learning group. Right. And that's really uh, one way to do it. But there yeah. are other ways that we do it where kids are, are, are you're getting results, but some of you are going to look at that and go, my kids are either too little to do that or too right. wild, or um, I don't have the time to build that. I, you know, yes. you don't have to go to that model. However, that's one of the models. So what I usually recommend starting with is whole group okay, to do it with a read aloud. And it doesn't matter what grade level, like it could be fourth grade, it could be eighth grade. Mm-hmm. So you can provide students with the a copy of the text if you mm-hmm. want and project as well. Or if, you, if that's too much trouble and you just have a book you're reading from, that's fine. And I have the students follow along and... I will make a prediction and then it's their turn. It's reciprocal. So I'll say, oh, what do I think? Here, I put the four up and I say, we're going to do the fab four today. You name them. Here's what we're going to be doing. Pause and kind of stop and do them now. And then we might only do one or we might do more than one when we stop. So you read a little bit, you predict, and then you have the kids turn and talk. Love it. If you are having children raise their hands and you are not having them turn and talk, you're just calling on individuals, you're not going to get the results. It's got to be the discussion. If you look at Dr. Hattie's work and his, uh, you know, what has impact is that discussion Mm -hmm. is hugely important. And think about the child that you read to at home alone. You're, you're laying on the couch or, or, or on, you're you're sitting on the couch, laying on the bed, reading to your child. Why is that so good? Because you're talking and they're talking. So it's creating a situation where Students are talking and their brains are growing and their ideas are growing, but I keep it very controlled. So I'll say, I think this is going to be about, this first part's going to be about Mm -hmm. sharks and two kinds of sharks. Because when I skimmed it with my fingers, I saw they mentioned 
great whites and and this other shark so i guess what i think it's about two sharks turn to your partner and say i think it's about because and you give them a frame nice yes i have frames always give them a sentence frame to say to their partner and then only give them a couple seconds to talk i go okay come back yes that quick older kids i have them write down they make just a, a grid for each of the four strategies, predict, question, clarify, mm. summarize on a page, notebook page, and they write the sentence frame first, then they turn to their partner and share. So it's, I call this the army way, Andrea, we're rolling it out to read aloud. I do a prediction, yes. they turn and talk and do a prediction. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to pick, okay, I'm going to do clarify now, watch me. Yeah. This word is really tricky. Here's how I figured it out. Turn to your partner and find another word. Listen for another word if I'm reading aloud or find it on the page and tell your partner. So that I do this spoon feeding back and forth thing with all four until we've rotated through all four. And then I can start again. I can open a page and say, which one do you think we should use on this page? And then I've kind of trained them to use it. And then from there, I can move into whole tables are in charge. Like this table over here, you're in charge of questioning. Every time I stop, you're going to have to turn and ask a question at your table and then share it with the whole class. Mm-hmm. This group, you're the clarify group. Over here, you're the summarize group. So I, I give I can give whole tables a job, but don't give them a long time to do their job and give right. them a sentence frame to do it. Yes, those sentence frames are key. Mm-hmm. I love that. Well, and what a great, I mean, what you just walked us through, a great example, gradual release of I'm going to do it. We're going to do it. And then you let them break out and do it on their own. I love that. I think it is exactly what you said. The scaffolded discussion. Love it. That is is. awesome. And and in my book, Andrea, Mm -hmm. um, I have lots, I I call this, this isn't your grandmother's reciprocal teaching. It's been around 40 years and it has evolved. When Pally Scar and Brown first started with it, they were using middle schooler, middle school tax sitting in a circle with middle schoolers. And each person did all four when it was their turn, and they did it paragraph by paragraph, rotating around the circle, which is Mm. kind of putting kids on the spot. It works. You can do that with older kids. Right. However, we've expanded it, like I said, to a really beautiful whole class model that that you can lapse into at any moment with very little prep. This is more of a teaching in the moment thing. So in my book, I have, you know, at the beginning of the book, I talk a little bit about the research and then I share different schools around the country and the world that have used Mm -hmm. it and examples. And then in the next chapter, I talk about the four strategies and why they're important and why I call them the fab four. Each one is like a band member. (laughs) Here's the drummer. Here's the, you know, each one. And here, but together they make beautiful music. And then I have a whole chapter on getting started. You can use really cool things like we have dice. We use dice. We we use one as predict, two as question. Oh, nice! Yeah, and five and six are free choice. And we and you can use virtual dice and virtual yeah. and have kids doing it that way, sort of randomly. You can also use characters. And props, which I'll talk about in a minute, scaffolds, bookmarks, spinners, all kinds of cool things. Mat, a mat that they tur- they rotate around at their table. Mm-hmm. So you can start with that teacher-controlled lesson, yes. into more at your tables, and then come back to a teacher-controlled lesson. And some of the teachers that never move out of the teacher-controlled lesson, as long as the kids are turning and talking, you will benefit. Yes. The next chapter is on whole group, how to do whole group lessons, examples of whole group lessons, reproducibles, 
The one after that is guided reading, how to do it in small groups. It works with any text you could hand someone. So for example, you're in first grade, you're yeah. using decodables. Mm -hmm. Use the pictures because yeah. the pictures, even though it's a mat, fat cat kind of story, right. guess what? The pictures usually have a character that you could ask a question to. You For sure. Think, why, is, why is he doing that? Why did he leave the cat's milk over there? You know, so we can ask questions. We can look for words to clarify. We can summarize. We can predict. We can deal with that text, or we could do it with, uh, I've got a, a Catholic school that uses a book that I wrote with Tim Rosinski called Close Reading with Paired Text. And they are passages that you can use in small group or whole group. And I've got a Catholic school that has, the teacher doesn't have time to plan about stuff. He's got the kids for 20 minutes after school, sixth, seventh, yeah. eighth grade. They just use passages of this book and the lesson plan is already there. Or he sometimes uses Nusella. And last but not least, the next chapter is on, you know, how to do with book clubs. You know, so kids are all reading the same mm. chapter book and they take turns. But I think, Andrea, that's the one everybody thinks of when they think of reciprocal teaching. For sure, for sure. Build to that. And some of you will not want to get to that for whatever reason. Right. And you'll still get results by doing a whole group or in guided reading or in your intervention you know, it doesn't have to be that way, but it is really fun. We've trained kids second grade and up to very quickly work with either partners or a team and use an easier to read text that they can get mm -hmm. through and just do all four. For sure. Well, I think what's so amazing is that there are options, that it's not a, everybody has to do it the same way at the same time that you know, start whole group, but then you can move into groups and then you can move into book clubs. So having that flexibility, I think benefits because then teachers can do what they're comfortable with before they get to that point of, I'm ready to try more, or I'm ready to do something different. I think that's great. Yeah. And, and it's really, again, if you just, you know, watch some of the clips that I have, and, and then if you're, if you really want to learn about it, my book is uh, available through ASCD. And yeah. also, you know, I'm always putting out new freebies online and you can follow me on Twitter. I, I like to put lots of examples from my classrooms. And then in the book, in the back, there are, there's a, all kinds of reproducibles that you can use for, again, bookmarks, for posters in your classroom. I have sample photographs of posters all over the book too, because teachers have just quickly made some. I said, just get something up. Yeah. So people can can see all four and the language stems that go with each one yes. and then I, I mentioned that I have characters the characters have been very popular so I have Paula Predictor she's a teller, ah. and she has gestures to go with her she rubs her crystal ball of course yeah I predict with the pictures and the words now then I have Quincy Questioner who is a game show host he goes okay so I'm going to ask you a question about this page turn and tell your partner what you think a good question would be and you'll win a new car and they laugh they do yes and then Clara Clarifier is a fancy lady with big glasses or a professor with big glasses and this person says either Clarence or Clara Clarifier says, oh, I am clarifying the main idea, the ideas in this book and I'm clarifying the words. They're very tricky. I have to reread, reread, reread and chop it. And then they wear big glasses and we bring party store glasses in and, you know, it's very silly. And then summarizer, Sammy summarizer sums up, the, well, I'm going to use my Texan accent, sums up the main idea. You should yes. do that. It's hilarious. <laughs> so 
that's what we do. We have the four characters and the four characters, you can do them, you could dress up like them. And there are teachers in the building who will run to the party store after my workshop and, you know, put on the costume. Get the garb, absolutely. In fact, if I usually say to people, okay, who in this room, point to them is the teacher that's going to do that on the way home. And they point right. all point to the same person. Right. <laughs> but some teachers are going to be like, that is not me. Right. Well, and in my book, I have pictures of the characters, or you could, of course, download, you know, other, sure. you know, those four characters. But then you say, it's kind of like you're a fortune teller and you are looking, using these clues, or it's kind of like you're a talk show host or a game yeah. show. Host. So, so you use the metaphor and, you know, in Marzano's work, he calls it non-linguistic representation. For sure. Anytime you use, I'm telling you, when I go in and I use the characters, it's they stick. Sticks. Yes, for it's, sure. And, and even if it's not your teaching style, you can you can do a kind of characters light and it really works. So I've written about that extensively and done many examples. And again, it's it's something where you can choose. Mm-hmm. How you want to do it. And you'll get results if you don't do characters. Right. And I also have a puppet kit. Uh, oh, wow. It's professionally done by the same people that did Klutz books back when they had those. So uh-huh. they're beautiful puppets. And they're not very expensive and, and they have, you know, all kinds of really great lessons that go with them. So yeah. they're paid too. Oh, that is so fun. I feel like I was not an elementary teacher. I taught high school, but the idea of using the props and the characters and the puppets is still super fun, I think. Okay. So I have to tell you, I was invited to London. Any chance I get invited, anytime I get invited there, I go. Yes. And, and worked with a 612 school, Gladesmore Community School. And uh-huh. they had already, were already getting really great results with reciprocal teaching. They read the book for a year, did a book study. I have a free book study guide online, by oh, the way. Oh, awesome. ASCD. But so they did the book study and they tried it out and they dressed up like the characters. Oh. I've never seen the whole staff do that. It was so oh silly God. and they were getting results. So, but it fit their teaching style, you know? Yes, yes, it fit. Well, and the, but that's the thing. And like what you said, you can do however much or however little that you want to fit you as a teacher. And that is what matters. <laughs> you know, I think we're going to be hearing more and more about the science of reading comprehension. And mm-hmm. I've worked with state departments where I will go in and teach a course over a year and then maybe we do the same course the next year. I've done it in Ohio, Rhode Island. I've worked with some of the regional offices in Texas and and I've worked with states that have the third grade guarantee. Mm-hmm. And so people have been asking me a lot lately, can we use this for third grade guarantee? You can. Yes, you're going to need to keep your, your strong phonics and phonemic awareness going. Right. But when you add the reciprocal teaching right alongside it, which is super easy to do. And if anybody has questions about it, you can contact me and I'll help you do it. Yes. You know? But it's, it's not hard to weave this in. It's very natural. But you need to be explicit. Name them, check them off. Those third graders, when we target them, pull them in small groups, get them in an intervention and, and use this with it, it's, we bring them up to grade level. Yes. We've Which even used it with our special ed kids. And it, it's surprising how this really impacts children's comprehension mm-hmm. everywhere. Yeah. Second wow. language learners. I'm bilingual in Spanish. That's what my early teaching was. And, and the, the fact that it's, you can use it. We get such great results with ELL kids. Yeah. Mm. That's not surprising. I mean, I think 
you know, what you said, the explicitness of it and that practice over and over and providing the sentence frames. I mean, in addition to the obviously research-based strategies, but that well, is- Andrea, there's, there's one more piece of it that would be terrible if I didn't mention. The yeah. other thing that I do is something that my, I have a school in Australia that I've worked mm -hmm. with for years. We use a telepresence robot, which means it's an iPad on a stick and okay. I drive around the classroom, even though I'm not I virtually- uh -huh. And I, I co-teach lessons with. The oh team. wow! So it's a coaching model that I think we should be using in the U.S. It's yeah, thousand dollars for one of those. Um, one of the robots. Yeah, it's just an iPad on a stick, but it's I control where I move, and then I plan a lesson and we co-teach, uh, and it's just really, really great. But the thing I was going to mention that I think is really important is, and they love it in Australia. They love it everywhere we go. I call it short and they call it in Australia, short and sharp mini lessons. Uh -huh. So I have for each of the four strategies, what I call a menu. Oh, so menu items. I love menus. So for example, you might say, well, today for summarizing, we can either do a so far summary where we mm -hmm. stop and keep saying so far, so far, or we can do a 10 finger summary every time we stop. And okay. we, can go, we can say the shark is the largest in the ocean and oh, it's got to start over to get 10. But you can have a menu. I have a menu for each of the four where we have little perky lessons within that. So for mm -hmm. example, you're reading a decodable, you have the kids ask one of the characters a question. I call that pop the question. Okay. So for each of the four, I'm always in my PD, I share those. And also in the book, there are many lessons that, and, and in the back, there's a menu. And then every chapter has these little mini lessons that you can do on each of the four that are peppy and interactive. Yes. Well, it sounds like that not only does your book give the you know, here, here's the why, here's the info, here's the how, but also like the extra bonuses, that is huge to have all of that embedded in. I love that. And I obviously will also link in the book to, so people can just click on. Thank you. You know, I already have before, it. before I had a book, Andrea, I would go do PD and then leave and feel worried about whether people were going to understand how to do it. For sure. There every day. What's great about having a book especially where ASCD was so great in, in letting me do it any way I wanted, you know? Uh, so, so I give very explicit lesson plans, but also examples. Here's a primary example. Here's a middle school example. Here's a secondary example, you know, so that people could imagine themselves doing it. You know, if you're reading the invisible man, what would you be doing? If you're right. reading, you know, um, Bill Martin Jr., what would you be doing? You know, so I think just have teachers being a, need to be able to see what it looks like and yes. in their own class. But the, the best news is it's really not hard. Don't make it harder than it is. Just do it. Yes, just do it. And I feel like that's always my, um, my last piece is the what now, like, you know, what, what do we do if you're, if you're listening, like what's an action step, but I feel like you just kind of nailed it. You just do it. <laughs> Yeah. And, and, and it's, you know, I believe I'm a big believer in messy teaching, yes. you know, and I also like, I, like I say, I focus on that middle piece, like, but we see results everywhere, you know, using this method. So Ugh. people will try it. Yes, totally. Well, thank you. And I will, you know, at the end of our 
show in the episode notes, I absolutely will link the resources that we mentioned and, you know, to your book and your website and put your Twitter handle. But I did want to mention, because we talked about it a couple of times. I mean, and, you know, what you're currently doing, you know, what you're doing with Australia, which is so cool, just the kind of co-teaching and coaching. I did want to talk a little bit. I mean, you, you are out there and you are doing that. You are coaching, you are, you know, partnering with districts and schools and working. And I do want to make sure that, you know, we mentioned that is something that if anybody is listening and wants, you know, maybe they have your book or they want to get your book or, you know, are interested in the practice. That's absolutely something that you are doing partnering with schools and, um, you know, through your website or through our website, we have some, um, on a couple of on-demand options, but, you know, whether it's you coming live or partnering virtually, or, you know, our few little on-demand things, you are, you are available and are doing the work. Well, thank you, Andrea. So yes, I, I love to support teachers. And so uh, there's a couple ways that they can get started with reciprocal teaching. Um, clearly on your own, you could read the book. For sure. Then take a look at, you know, if it's just you or just your grade level starting out and not your whole building yet, it's just, you know, you want to do it for your own PD. There are teachers that ask me all the time, how can I do this? How can I hear you speak? You're not coming to my district. Right. So the way that that I'm supporting teachers individually like that is like through your website, we we recorded a an on-demand, which mm-hmm. can be um access through your website, which I think is a great thing to do. Also, you can, the book itself is, has a lot of depth to it. And then you can also Google me on ASCD's website, my publisher, and we're constantly putting out articles, webinars, all kinds of things to support. Again, that individual teacher or the small group, or even the building that, that, that isn't going to have me in necessarily, because I can't go everywhere. So I try to build in support. The book is, I've had people read the book and didn't get results by themselves. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because it, it's not that I keep telling you, it's not that hard. And I, and it really isn't, but if you want to make it a mission and something that your district does together and to have me in, of course I do it all different ways. Sometimes I just do an initial webinar to tailored to your district. We do virtual to get you started. And then if you want to add in school visits, I have a district in in Kansas this year where we're going to do a a book club. They're going to do a book club with fun. And book club is a really good way to go. If if that's all you want to do, because what I'll do in the book club is show you lots of videos of kids, my recent lessons, Mm -hmm. you know, take each chapter in the book and the teachers spend an hour with me doing the book club. Then they go try things. Then they come back to the book club the next month or however long we space them out. We do at least three meetings. Um, sometimes we can do four, depending on you know what your timing is like. Mm-hmm. So I can do a book club. You can do a book club on your own. I have a study guide. You can do a book club with me virtually, which is a great way to do it. But then the same district in Kansas is also bringing me in for coaching days where I'm going to do demonstration lessons. After we read chapter one, I'm going to demonstrate in their classrooms using their texts. The teachers grade levels will watch and we'll talk about it. And then, you know, the next, then I'll come back again. So I'm going at least three times, I think there two or three times to visit. But again, it depends. I tailor, I totally yeah. make up whatever program works with what you want to do, you yeah. know, what your school budget is. You know, sometimes it's one little school way over For here. Sure. 
and I support them virtually. Nice. You know, I can, because of the technology and what we've all learned about through COVID, being yes. able to do yes. things virtually, we're very savvy at it. And, and I have become nimble and quick at just giving you a little bit online mm-hmm. and then you go try it and then we come back and check in. So, oh, yes, you know, if someone's interested, they can contact me and then we develop something that fits your population, your educators and whatever you know, you have available, whatever funds you have available to do it. And I will help make sure that you are successful, regardless of where you are in your, in your, your practice. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Lori. I will, all of these things, everything will be linked in. I cannot thank you enough for your time and the information. I think, you know, the, the work that you're doing obviously makes huge, which has been proven, but also you know, time after time hearing from people. So thank you for taking the time to chat and to break it all down and share the information. I have really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you for having me, Andrea. It's my pleasure. And and I, I love the work that you and, and your group are doing. It's just so great in Texas and, and across the country, really. And sometimes the world. I would work workshops I've done for you, we had teachers from all over the world, which was really wonderful. So Thank you for that. You're welcome. Okay, well, we will chat again soon. Thank you, Lori. And that's a wrap. Thanks for joining us again for another episode of Teachers Are Leaders. Feel free to rate, review, and subscribe. We are, you know, wherever you find your podcast. And if you're looking for us outside of the podcast world, we are on Twitter at WarrenINPD. And our website is WarrenINPD.com. Hope to see you soon. Thanks.